welcome back for episode two of Horror TV. This is your host, Killenberg. Now last week, I reviewed Bates Motel from 1987. And now I'm going to review the current Bates Motel, which started in 2013. Unlike the 1987 version, this one actually succeeded. In fact, it currently just had a fourth season. Well, from when I'm recording this. If you're listening to this in like 2030, then that wouldn't be true anymore. For those wondering, this originally aired on A&E. It's also currently available on Blu-ray and DVD, along with the rest of Season 1. Another interesting fact about this version of Bates Motel is it actually didn't have a pilot at all. It actually started with Season... I mean, with Episode 1. As the other version started with a pilot and never had a show. Alright, so let me get started with my review of Bates Motel Episode 1. And the title of the episode is First You Dream, Then You Die. We see that the TV is on and we see a black and white movie playing. I apologize in advance, I don't know what movie it is. And what's weird is I can't find out, find anywhere online what it is. Alright, the camera shows half of Norman's face and we see his eyes open. A fun fact about Norman, um, he's played by, in this version, he's played by Freddie Highmore who played Charlie in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Alright, we see he's lying in bed and, alright, we see a door open and we see Norman through a reflection in a picture. Norman starts walking down the hall. Norman grabs onto a photo which appears to be Norma and her husband. He says mom and starts running. He starts looking for her. We see two pans on the stove that have been left unattended. He goes in what appears to be the garage and he sees a, um, a body on the ground. He says dad. He starts looking for Norma. He looks in one room and she's not in there. He then starts knocking and trying to open the next door. She eventually answers and asks him what it is. Well, she asks him, you know, like, what is it, Norman? And it looks like she was just in the shower. Norman says it's Dad and tells her to hurry. He runs back. Norma slowly walks out of the room, which I think is weird, because you'd think she would hurry, too. We see Norman crying over his dad's body. Norma walks in. Norma tries to talk to him, but he started crying. Norma cuddles on Norman and tells him she's sorry. We see that it is now six months later, and they're driving somewhere. Norma tells Norman that this is the part where he says, Mother, this is beautiful. I am so happy moving here. Um, you're so smart to have a thought of this. Norman says, Mother, this is so beautiful. I am so happy you're making me move here. You're so smart to force me to do things I have no say in. Norman's Norma's response is, you're an ass. Remember, I didn't write this. We see a motel sign that says, Seafarer Motel. At this time, you know, it's not Bates Motel yet. All right. Norma runs out of the car and says, no peeking. She sits um, on the hood of the car. She tells him to open his eyes and we see the motel and house. Norman smiles and says, um, this is crazy, mom. She says it's not and tells him they're going to run this place. She goes to show him the house. She explains that she got the house and motel on a foreclosure. She shows him around. Um, when they go upstairs, Norma shows Norman his and her room, which are right next to each other. Norman doesn't say anything after Norma went to her room. Norma tells him that she knows they've um, been through a lot, but this is their chance to start over. Norman says maybe some people don't get to start over. Maybe they just bring themselves to a new place. She says um, they do um, get to start over, but they have to try. She says it'll all be good. 
They both smile and hug. It's now nighttime and we see Norman walk to the car. He starts getting the luggage. He sees Norman in the window, but continues to go to the house. Oh, excuse me, I meant to say Norma. We see the opening of the show. We then um, see someone driving a tractor. Then we see um, Norman wearing earbuds. A girl pulls one of the earbuds out and says, you're new, what's your name? Norman says, Norman Bates. Another girl asks him, when did you move here, Norman Bates? Which he answers last night. The first girl asks him what house. He says the motel. Another girl asks him if he was going to live there or just flipping the property. He says they're not flipping the property. The second girl asks if he had any brothers. He says an older brother, but he doesn't live there. The first girl asks if he has a girlfriend. He says no. Another girl drove by and asked if they wanted to ride. They all got in the car. The first girl sat on his lap. She asks if she's too heavy. He says, no, you're fine. She grabs his phone, takes a photo, and puts her number in his phone. She reveals that her name is Bradley Martin and says if he has any questions in school to call her. Norman says thanks, and they drive off. All right, then we see Norma cutting some pork. In a deleted scene, it's actually shown that a neighbor gave her the pork. All right, so then she gets a call, hesitates to answer it. When she does, she says, hello, Dylan. Um, he says, thank you for letting me know you moved, Mom. And she said, last time they spoke, he told her to drop dead, bitch. And she took it personally. He asked what if he needed her. What if he was hurt? She asked if he was hurt or in the hospital. He says he needs money because his job fell apart. And she hangs up on him. An interesting fact about this, too, is in the actual episode, you only hear Dylan's voice. But in one of the deleted scenes, it actually shows him in a room sitting down with, like, boxes. And, you know, like, by himself. Alright, then we see a teacher talking in a classroom. After the bell rang, the teacher asked to talk to Norman. Yeah, in this version, Norman's, like, 17. And they talk in private. She says that his test scores are really impressive, but his grades don't match up with them. She asks why he thinks that is. He says they move a lot. And she says and she sees that and he's been to five different schools. She asks if everything's okay at home. He says yeah, but explains mom is a little impulsive. Then they move to start over. She suggests them that he gets involved and join a sport. She suggests track and says tryouts are today. She says he should talk to Coach Carpenter about trying out. And this I didn't notice when watching it the first time. For those of you that don't know, the director of Halloween's name is John Carpenter. And I'm sure this was done on purpose, and I'll explain why later. She grabs his hand before he can get up. She says she knows um, he lost his dad recently, and she knows how hard it must be. Back home, Norman goes to the dinner table. He tells Norma dinner smells great. She says she's been waiting for him. He tells her he was trying out for the track team. He explained it was Miss Watson's idea. He hands her a permission slip. She explains she needs his help to run the motel. Norman says he doesn't have to do track. When she gets up, he tells her to sit down and let's eat dinner. She said she spent all day doing all of this and she's not hungry. She signs the permission slip and says she's going to get some groceries. The next day, Norman is hitting a car with a broom. You know, like getting the dust off of it. A guy walks up to the house. He says, Norman Bates? And Norman says yes. He asks him how he likes it. 
Norman asks it's fine so far. He asks if he's lived here with his mom. Norman asks if he knows her. The guy says he knows about her. Norman asks if he should get her. The man says from Arizona and his father died. Well, I mean, you know, he was telling Norman that. Like, he knows stuff about Norman. The man asks what he knows about running a motel. Norma overhears and goes outside. She asks if she can help with something. He says he thinks it's you that needs help. She asks him what that would be. The man says his name's Keith Summers and says this is his family's property. He says his great-great-grandfather built a house in 1912 and his grandfather built a motel in the 50s. So this confirms that this takes place in modern times because he said his grandfather built it in the 50s. So it, it can't really go with the original Psycho because the original Psycho took place in 1960. Of course, the cell phones kind of confirm that too. Well, but anyway. He also says that's his grandmother's rug. He says that this property has been his family for over a century. She says she's sure it was very hard to lose it to the bank. She says she's sorry, but it's theirs now. He says he knows everything about the house. He says she doesn't know anything about the town. He asks him, what makes you think you can run this by yourself? She says because she can. She says if she ever sees him here again, she'll call the police or shoot him herself. He said call the police and says he goes fishing with half of them. Norman asks if um, they should have said all that stuff to him. She says he's just some pathetic drunk loser slob and says he won't bother them anymore. It's now nighttime and we hear music playing. We see a record playing. Norman says to someone on the phone that the last time the roofing was done was the 50s. This also confirms that. And again, I made another mistake. It was Norma. I don't know why I keep saying Norman. If I make that mistake, I'll correct it. So that's how you'll know if it's Norman, Norma if I correct it. Or if I say Norma, obviously. Don't worry, though. I'll, I'll try to be better about that in the future. Um, she says she doesn't want to wait for the next century to get an estimate. If they reschedule again, she'll go somewhere else. They hear the doorbell ring. Norma answers. It's Bradley and her friends. Bradley asks if she's Mrs. Bates. Norma says she is. Bradley says who she is and says they're friends Normans. And they wanted to know if um, he wanted to study with them at the library. Norman walks to the door. Norma says she's sure he would love to go, but says they have a lot of stuff they still need to do. And Bradley says she understands. Norma says it's nice to meet them. Norman asks them how she could do that. She says there was no point of him answering because he would have said yes and she would have had to say no. Norman says he would have went. Norman says Norma says he can go another time. He says this is what it's always going to be like with her. She wanted him to have a life and this is how to do it. Norma says he doesn't even know them and says you have to be careful. He asks them why he has to be careful. She tells him not to lose his temper and says she's just looking out for him. He runs upstairs. She says, well, maybe you better just stay there for the rest of the night then. He goes into his room and throws a stuffed animal against the wall. He texts Bradley and sneaks out. He eventually meets up with them. Bradley says he's cute because he actually thought they were going to study. So, probably guess what happens next. That's right, we see a party. Norman looks around. We see various things people are doing like dancing, smoking, drinking, and even some making a joint. We see Norman in a room by himself with a beer bottle. He looks at Bradley. She smiles at him and walks up to him. She asks if they left him here by himself. He says no and there's a lot to look at. 
she asks if he's different. He says maybe. He says he doesn't think people who are different know they're different because they have nothing to compare to. Bradley says, yeah, you're different. A guy named Richard comes in. She asks Richard if he got his diorama finished and explains to Norman it was for drama lit class. Richard says he got it done. She introduces them. Richard says they should go and says and say hi to Jones. Bradley asks Norman if Norman wants to come and he says no. Alright, so the next scene is the one I actually, is why I put the disclaimer on. A lot of people had a problem with this scene. And for those that are familiar with the controversy, you probably know what scene this is. In this scene, Norma gets raped. And so you have been warned. Okay, so let's start with the scene. We see Norma washing dishes. And we hear a um, creaking noise. Norma goes to check it out. Keith Summers goes up to the door and breaks the window on it. He then unlocks the door. She grabs a knife and screams for Norman. She tries to get away. Keith kicks her. He gets a box cut out. She tries to grab it, but it cuts her palm. He gets on her and tapes her mouth shut. He puts her on the table and handcuffs her to it. He tells her the house is his and everything in it is his. He takes her panties off and starts raping her. She continues to scream for Norman. Norman hits Keith with a clothes iron. She gets the tape off. She tells Norman to see if he has a key to the handcuffs. Norman helps her out of them. They handcuff Keith's hands. Norman notices her hand is, was bleeding. Norma tells him to get the emergency kit. Keith start, started to get up. Norman got the butcher knife. Keith um, says to Norma, You liked it. This made Norma angry and she stabbed him repeatedly. Um, Norman came back in and saw that he was dead. And yes, this is very bloody as well. I'm going to tell you now, this show is not made for kids. Norman says they have to call 911. Norma says no. Norman says it was self-defense. She explains it'll become public and, and asks who would book a room at the Rape Murder Motel. She also says it'll ruin them and make her a laughingstock. She says they came there to start over and she's starting over. She then asks where Norman was. Norman said he was upstairs. Norma says he couldn't have been because if he was, he would have come down. Well, I mean, she said he wasn't, which asked her. He tells her he snuck out and went to the party. He explains what happened. He tells her that's not important right now. He says they're screwed. She hugs him and tells him it's going to be okay. She says they're going to take all the bed liners from every room and use it to suck all the blood up. And then they're going to wrap the body in one of the comforters and put it in one of the two the tubs until she figures out what to do with it. We see them cleaning up the blood. She tells him to go wash up a little and put his um, bloody clothes in the trash bag. We see them carrying the body down the stairs. He asks if she's sure um, they shouldn't have called for help. She says no one's going to help them and says no one ever helped them. They go to a room. They put the body in the tub. Norman asks them what they were going to do. And she says they're going to deal with the rug. She says they're going to have to pull up the carpet because of the blood stain from the body. She says they're going to pull the carpet of every room. That way it just looks like they're doing renovations. We see Norman, I mean Norma, throwing away the old carpets. In one of the rooms, Norman is pulling up the carpet. He finds a book with sketches in Chinese writing. Norma is pulling one of the carpets in one room. We see a light from the window and they start hiding. It's a sheriff. The sheriff gets out and walks up to the garbage with the carpets. 
Norma walks out and says, Good evening, gentlemen. And she says they're not open for business yet. Um, it doesn't look like they're um, looking for a room. She introduces herself. One of the officers says they're not looking for a room. And he says his name is Zach Shelby and the other one is Alex Romero. Okay, now I'm going to explain the carpenter thing. Let's see. Well, his name is Alex Romero. George A. Romero directed the original Night of the Living Dead. So I think that both of them were a reference. Alright, so Alex says he wanted to make sure everything is alright. She says they're fine and says they were just pulling out carpets and replacing them. He says it's unusual that her name is Norma and his name is Norman. She says boys take their father's name all the time. He tells her it's almost 2 o'clock in the morning. And she says she didn't know it was that late and says she should close up shop. He asks what happened to her hand. She says she scratched it when she was cutting some carpet. She says it was nice to meet you while looking at Shelby. Alex um, asks if he can look inside. She lets him. He goes in the same room as Norman. Norma introduces them. She tells them about her husband dying. Shelby says, you're a widow? Sorry to hear about that. Alex asks if he can use the bathroom. She says, it's broken. He asks what's wrong with it, and she says it's not flushing. He says all the toilets do that, and he told Summers to replace the musica. So now we know Alex Romero knows Keith Summers. For those that you don't haven't picked this up yet, that's the guy that's been causing them problems. And the guy she just murdered. He goes to the bathroom. It's revealed this is the bathroom where the body's in. Norman and Norman get nervous and they talk to Shelby about Arizona. Alex walks out in of the bathroom and says, you just got to jiggle it, you know, well jiggle the chain apparently. They get another call and leave. Norman is sitting long in the cafeteria. He looks down and notices blood on his shoe. He starts gagging and runs to a trash can. He throws up in the trash can. A few other boys started laughing. Richard says, He's new, alright? He's not used to the food yet. A girl walks up to him and tells him to make sure he's done and not to cut it short because it's embarrassing. He says he thinks he's done. She offers him a mint and says it'll help calm his stomach. She says she's an expert on vomiting and she has CF and has been on mints her whole life. For those that don't know, she has a um, tank thing that for you know to breathe and she has one of those um, tube things in her nose. I apologize in advance, I don't know the actual terms for those. She asks if he has any chronic illness. He says no. She says her name is Emma Dakota, and he says his name, which I'm sure I don't have to say what that is. She tells him they have language arts together, and she says she wants to make sure he's okay, and he says he is. We see Norma walking with a bag. She notices a paper on a window that says there's a public meeting. The top says a bypass route. I'm oh, sorry, bypass route. She looks worried. Now nighttime, man. It's pouring. Uh, for those of you that don't know, um, the bypass thing is actually a reference to Psycho. They put the body in the trunk of Norma's car. He asks if she's alright, man. She says she's fine. They row a boat into a river. She tells Norman about the bypass. She explained that she bought a motel that no one's gonna know is there. Norman asks why the real estate guy didn't tell her. She says, because people suck. She says, everyone sucks. Everyone she's ever known has sucked, except for him. She says she's the worst mother in the world because of what they're doing. He tells her she's everything to him, and he doesn't want to live in a world without her. He says a quote from Jane Eyre, which she points out. He says they belong to each other. They say they love each other, and they put the body in the river. We see them getting rid of the old sign. Norma goes inside. We see Norman looking at sketches from the book he found. Norma walks in and he hides it. She says she has a surprise for him. She shows him the new sign outside of the window. 
She says she made it blue because it's his favorite color. He says it's cool. She also says they're not building the new bypass. He asks when that happened. She says it didn't yet, but she'll think of something. He says he's sure she will. Um, she says what's important is that they're together. She says as long as they're together, nothing bad can happen. And she says, right, Norman? He says, right, mother. What's weird is I never noticed this. This is the very first time he calls her mother in the episode. I didn't know that until I wrote the review for this. All right, then we see a black screen, but it's not over yet. We see a light flicker and we see chains. We see that the chains are attached to someone's legs. We see their arms have holes in them, and we see someone grab their arm and put a needle in it. Then we see a close-up of an eye and it opens, and the episode ends. Now my opinion on this episode, I liked it. And if you haven't seen it yet, I would totally recommend it. Yeah, it's pretty well written in my opinion. I meant when I first watched this, well when I was going to watch this series, I actually thought it was going to be bad. I admit that. But I was wrong. And I'm glad I was wrong. See, I had, um, I assumed it was going to be bad because they changed some of the storyline. And you know, they made it modern and everything. And I was like, oh, I'm probably not going to like it. But then when I watched it, I was instantly hooked to it. And I'm looking forward to season five. Okay, so that's my review of um, episode one of Bates Motel. I hope you enjoyed it, and join me again next time for episode three of Horror TV. Well, it'll be episode three of Horror TV, but I'll be reviewing episode two of Bates Motel. All right, see you later.